I'm Carrie Fountain, and this is Just to Say. Poetry springs forth from authentic human voice. Poetry is about anarchy. It's about mystery. It's about dreams. It's about you know the unknown. Writing is a way of saying that you and the world have a chance. This is Amy Nazuk Matatil, and I'm reading a poem called Self-Portrait as C-Section Scar. When I'm happy, I can smile twice at the same time. So thin, a marker tip line with a waxy shine, a vein of maple leaf, a dog's upper lip, arm of an enemy. Of all the magical plants and animals in the sea, the hagfish is the most unpopular, the most horrifying, the one that makes children burst into tears. And if that isn't enough, she is the only fish without vertebrae, so she could literally tie herself into a knot to bulge out and pop the small mouths of fish that dare try to eat her. Don't you admire her clever slip and wriggle? Don't you think her nerves are left a little more electric after she is caught? Sometimes if you put an ear to the dark slash between my hip bones, you can hear a soft hum. Pretend it's a skit of bees in late spring. What I love about this poem as someone who has gone through that experience is that Mm. I think a lot of times there's this sort of sense that like there is a natural way to have a baby and if you have a c-section there you just sort of have not like lived up to what is expected of you in the animal and natural world right oh my gosh yes and i love totally there's a sense in this poem that you kind of like reclaim the c-section scar like you take it back (laughs) to the ocean where we all began as you know i just love (laughs) that sense that you make it something that is profoundly natural and celebrated as such oh thank you that is like the best best thing oh this this book is still so brand new i'm holding just the one copy in my hand but honestly that is like one of the sweetest things you you just hit it on the head there was um some mothers actually who you would think would know better they've been the ones who've kind of actually directly said like oh you had a c-section how monstrous that was the word monstrous Mm. and so like as if anybody or at least certainly i didn't and i'm guessing you you weren't either but um Nobody goes around as a little girl thinking, I can't wait to have a C-section. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I literally, I would not be talking to you if I didn't have it. So I, for the longest time, was just so, I just kept pondering that word coming from another mother that the way I gave birth was monstrous. So absolutely, I just remember thinking, um, I'll show you what kind of monster this is. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the, one of the most incredible monsters who could go through this not once but twice, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. On a personal note, I know it's definitely the speaker and all that kind of thing, but I really wanted to kind of capture that. Yeah, it's just like what you said, that, that showing that there is strength no matter how you give birth. It's just one of the most amazing actions on the planet, you know. So, and same with the hagfish. No one's going to buy a stuffed hagfish to give to their daughter or son. But um, I just think the hagfish is also a pretty wondrous animal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
I love this poem. I really do. And I love what you Thank said. I love you. also this sense of like, I wouldn't be talking to you if, if I hadn't, if this medical intervention um, hadn't been available. Yes, yeah, seriously. Know. I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to be melodramatic. That is the actual truth. And so it just was like, I just wanted to, you know, and also too, I think you probably encountered this as well. There's not really a whole lot of poems that feature a C-section mm-hmm. period. And then if they do, they're not really praised or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, you know, uh, there's just nothing that in in the same way that like, oh, I am mother, I am I am just go- earth goddess mother who did everything naturally, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and, my body opened. Like I'm thinking <laughs> also of like that the Kevin Young poem, Crowning, right? That's probably the yes. poem that most people think of when they think of a birth poem, which is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Which is gorgeous in its, its own way, yes. but um, I wanted to kind of put my own stamp on that. I love that. And now we need to hear the poem about like, you know, for the woman who was not able to breastfeed because (laughs) there's this notion that like, there is no such a thing as a woman who cannot breastfeed. Mm -hmm. um, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just all those kinds of statements. It's just so fun. It is absolutely, I'm not even angry anymore. I'm just so bemused that another woman, and I've never heard them from a man, Mm -mm. um, but it's always another woman who just makes these grand statements about other women's bodies like it just it would never occur to me even if I was single and never had children it would never occur to me to comment on what another woman's body can or should not or can't should be able to do you know Mm -hmm. so it's just I, I just I guess expect more from other women you know I mean, we have the same body most, you know, um, so anyway, <laughs> I'm speaking to the choir here, I know. Yeah, no, I, so when I, I would love to talk a little bit more, I mean, of course, I have not seen your new book, but I know a lot of your work, and I'm just interested in, could you talk a little bit about how your poems begin, and I get the sense that your natural predisposition as a poet is to take to go to go back to the natural world and I wonder if it is has always been thus or if that is something that you feel like you have acquired or cultivated as a reader or writer of poems I just wonder I'm so curious to know how your poems begin Mm, good question good question thank you you know um I wish I've always been so jealous of poets who have projects, you know, mm-hmm. like things like um, I'm doing, you know, a chapbook on the history of the violin or something like that. So every day they get up and have a violin poem to write or something, mm-hmm. you know, I, I almost in some ways wish that I ha- I could do that. I've tried and it just never happens. It's almost the opposite. If I think, oh, I'm going to write about a violin, it ends up being something completely different. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just really always been the same way um, where I start with one image and really within the last maybe decade, um, the images I've, I, I guess maybe I started out with were just kind of what I've observed around me, but really in the last decade, um, I've noticed, uh, it's not even really a conscious thing, but I've noticed they definitely um, are from taken from the outside, from the natural world. I do, my guilty kind of, it's 
I'm realizing now that I'm talking about the book more than I have in the last five years. It's like, I forget kind of you go through these moments of being in the public eye and then not in the public eye and then public eye. Mm-hmm. So one of my guilty pleasures is, or guilty secrets is that I actually read more natural history and more science and nature books than I do poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and I read a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. So that just, just to put in perspective, I read a lot of nature books. So... Um, I think my poems just really always start with this image that I just can't get out of. I'm never consciously making notes. I'm never reading a book on octopus and jotting notes down next to me. It's just whatever images kind of stay with me or haunt me or tug in my lungs, um, I start kind of just writing about that, never with the purpose of today I'm going to write about an octopus. Mm-hmm. Um But I find that starting with that image will lead me to some painful memory with my mother being strict with me or something. And, um, and then that would lead me something to my own child or, you know, to a first love or to a hapless crush or something like that. But it's never, it's almost always not really starting where it doesn't, it it rarely start finishes with that image. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, um, you know, just yesterday, I was I was uh, looking at something on the history of uh, sword swallowing. <laughs> I know what I'm writing has nothing to do with sword swallowing, but I was just trying to figure out the muscles in the neck. Um, so it's more of kind of exploration through through images that haunt me. I love that. That's it, it, I think that's going to sound very familiar to most poets, or you know, oh, okay. maybe not not to most readers of poetry, because I do think that readers of poetry have this sort of sense that we sit down and this is what I'm going to write about, and this is going to be the poem that comes out of it. Yeah, but yeah. that sort of you know, really, it's just grasping in the dark, <laughs> really and is. your dark seems to kind of be you know more the the dark of the ocean or the dark of the you know the natural world but that seems mm-hmm. very um it's that rings very true to me as as a poet so what what brought you to re- write poetry how did you start and what brought you to it um so what i started actually and i think um you know i could go on and on about this but in a nutshell i am a f- failed chemistry major and one day I can actually point to a day where I was just procrastinating from an organic chemistry lab and I, lit- I I quite literally found on on the table next to me because that's how like much I wanted to avoid my my lab it was um, a poem a prose poem by Naomi Shiab Nye and I had never seen anything like it before it's the poem called Mint Snowball mm-hmm. and like I, I was just, it was like that, it really was that Emily Dickinson thing. I felt like the top of my head was taken off. Mm-hmm. I tacked it up on my dorm bulletin board. Whose handout is this? Please see Amy in room, you know, 324. The guy down the hall who needed it, who, that was his worksheet, his handout. He was like, hi, I need this. This is my homework. Um, also, it's called a poem. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And I followed into class. I asked, my, asked that professor to, if I could just sit in um, that next week, maybe within the next two weeks, I switched out from, uh, it's so overwhelming, but it's, I switched out from chemistry to English because of that poem. Wow. I've told Naomi this and she's like, oh, stop it. That's not true. I said, it is absolutely true. And you can ask any one of my dorm mates um, because they all thought I was cuckoo Cocoa Puffs crazy. Um, 
so yeah, and the rest is his. So fast forward, fast forward, my first job ever when the dean said you could invite any po- We haven't had a poet in years. You can invite one poet. Who's it going to be? I mean, there was no question. It was Naomi. So she was my very first poet I ever hosted when I had a job. That's wonderful. She was our first guest on this show. That's right. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, yes, yeah. I know you, you have a special common. affinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so listen. She's so great. So Amy, I asked you to bring in a poem that you wanted to share with the world. Something that you like, you know, I as a poet really love like sharing poems, you know, it's like one of the great joys of loving poetry. Oh, yeah. Is sharing it with others. So can can you read us a poem? Sure thing. Um, and this one that I chose is from um, a debut poet. Mm. Her name is um, Jenny George. And um, her book is just out with uh, Copper Canyon. It's called The Dream of Reason. Mm. Um, and this is actually in the newest edition of Copper Nickel. Um, but it's a, a poem called Eclipse. And this is by Jenny George. Eclipse. All the birds are ill. They flood the elms, driven to roost by a noontime dusk. The trees are full of eyes. One body blots out another body. Isn't that how it works? She died. It floats on my vision like a burn, hands folded like a bride. Dark cave of the mouth, open, as if a great sound were being drawn in. We were very tired. We covered her in flowers as she cooled. The crescent of her foot hung off the bed. Now the birds are quelled, disturbed, and quiet. A strange hour of silk descends. They settle in the trees, if not to sleep, then to obey the dark. Oh, what a poem. Jenny George. Yeah, her whole book is like this. Jenny George. Do you have this book? If you don't, you need to get it immediately. It is one of my favorites from the spring. Um, It's every poem is just so uh it's just so intense and so um beautiful all at the same time yeah i love the way that it seems to also um be be making reference tonally and also almost like those birds i feel like are the the poem after great pain a formal feeling comes that emily dickinson poem the sort of about the aftermath of you know right she says something like the nerves sit ceremoniously or the nerves sit ceremonious like tombs it's just like those birds you know the sort of way that in in the wake of grief the world seems so strange and still and oh man yeah it's just um the last uh, i've just been sitting in with her book um lately and the last like ends the last few lines of each of her poems are just like that so it's like one of those books you just need to sit with and um, just relish each page, each ending in particular. Mm-hmm. Could you read the last sentence again or the last line? The last line. Sure, sure. Um, let me see. Maybe like the last, last two. I guess it goes together. A strange hour of silk descends. They settle in the trees. If not to sleep, then to obey the dark. Oh, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> like it's... Um, when you said, you know, choose a, 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 you left it pretty wide open, but choose a poem from another poet. I was like, oh, it has to be Jenny George. I have to just share this book with the world. That's great. And so generous of you to bring in a, a debut 
poet, and I hope everyone goes out and buys this poem, uh, this book of poems. I know I will be. Um, yes. Okay, Amy. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you so much, Carrie. And alrighty, take care. Take care. Bye. You can find Self-Portrait as C-Section Scar and other wonderful poems in Amy Nezuka Matatal's forthcoming collection, Oceanic, out soon from Copper Canyon Press. This is Just to Say is produced at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. I'm Carrie Fountain. Thank you for listening. <laughs>